Hello and welcome back to the Greenwood and Milner Show podcast. A big thank you for everyone that has been listening over the last few episodes. We've seen the one with Callum Ridge and Steve Harmison, but we've got another darts player on this episode. It's with the world number 19, Chris Doby. And we spoke to Chris, Sam, didn't we, when Newcastle had just beaten Bournemouth by four goals to one happier times after the yeah. Manchester City FA Cup defeat. But it was a fantastic conversation, wasn't it? It was once he once he uh, turned his washing machine off, which you'll uh, hear <laughs> beeping throughout the first half. But yeah, no, he's a good lad, is Chris. Um, I suggested to you, I think we should we should um, challenge Chris and Callum. Me and Callum versus you and Chris. That would be belting pairs match. Seven oh one, no messing. Well, I'll Dale, I'll, I'll, I'll play with my twenty six, and I'll let you get like tons and ton forties. But uh, as long as I get the winning double. Right, what they say, trebles for show, doubles for dough. I'll just take the dough at the end of the day. Exactly, exactly. Too right. I, I think as we go on through this podcast, I think we we either need like a theme tune or something like that, or maybe like, you know, we've got Isha doing. Uh, this is the Black and White Show. We need we need a. I wonder how much that X Factor guy is. Maybe <laughs> do that. Maybe maybe. Maybe he can do like the Greenwood and Molina show on Newcastle Fans TV. And then boom, straight into it. I don't know, something like that. That's all sure right. We well, you've got a couple of thousand pounds. I'm sure you'll do it for a couple of grand. And you can just, for, for the sake of the show, Sam, I'm sure you'll do that. Uh, might have to have a conversation with Beer52 about that. That is a great idea. Beer52, obviously, are our big sponsors. On the Green and Mulliner channel, also on Newcastle Fans TV. If you want eight lagers, ales, beers for the price of five ninety five, Beer Fifty Two is the place to go. And what is the website that people can go and get their beers, Sam? Beer Fifty Two dot com forward slash NFTV. Lots of choice on there. You can have dark ales, or like me, I went for the light option because I do enjoy a lovely IPA. IPAs are actually amazing. I think people haven't told other people about how good they are. They're very underrated. So, yeah, if you want to get your IPAs off Beer 52, as we say, the website is there, which Sam has just mentioned. But going back onto the Chris Doby interview, Sam, he was branding the whole Newcastle kit. He had his big top behind him. Yeah. It was just it was just a good conversation. You can He's a very happy-go-lucky kind of character as Chris. And Newcastle, darts washing machines that had all sorts well times were great because obviously we just beat Bournemouth and we looked really impressive and then obviously it went downhill from there but he was looking ahead to the restart of PDC darts and the summer super series looking ahead to the match play but um, since then it hasn't really gone his way so it's a good job we did it before and not after he might not have been so upbeat but uh, yeah always always good talking to Chris you had uh, an interview with him on the channel round Christmas time, wasn't it, when we, he first came on? So it was nice to see him back. And uh, hopefully he can get a trophy under his belt soon because he's uh, he's a quality player, is Chris. Quality player and a quality guy as well. And, of course, he'll mm. be playing in the Premier League of darts. Um, it's all in Milton Keynes, unfortunately, because of obviously, the coronavirus. He plays at the end of the month against Daryl Gurney. So I thoroughly recommend you watch that game and support Chris. And if he can get a win under his belt, you know, the more TV cameras they get to see Chris Doby. You never know, he might be in the Premier League himself one of these days. You've seen other players that, like Dimitri Vandenberg, who's winning big tournaments. Chris would be just ideal for the Premier League as well. But he's very passionate about Newcastle. He was a season ticket holder. Um, obviously, he's not so now because, obviously, with the darts. But 
a proper, proper Newcastle fan, Sam, and that's what we want. We want proper fans who love the club and love talking about the club. Yeah, we, I mean, we saw it last week with Steve Harmison as well. All we wanted to talk to him about was the Ashes in 2005 and all he wanted to talk about was Newcastle United. So it's it brilliant. And and Chris is the same. He's he's play, plenty of opinions around Joe Linton and, well, don't we all, but around the club at the moment. <laughs> and he's, uh, he's like you, Johnny. He's, he was a sort of, I don't know if he still is now, but he was a supporter of Bruce. But um, this was obviously when the takeover was still happening. So, again, good job we did it beforehand because it was all, as you can see from our uh, main channel output at the moment, especially uh, scoring the players for the season, um, it gets a bit downbeat. <laughs> it, well, what we can say with this episode of the Green Room Mill on the show oh, is that tremendous this episode is definitely tremendous not downbeat. No, <laughs> the whole podcast series—it's never downbeat. It's never downbeat. Of course, and we've got—we've had some fantastic guests so far. We've just announced we're going to announce another guest for a few weeks' time, um, which was you'll get to see on all sorts of platforms: Spotify, Apple, you name it. We've pretty much got it on the Greenwood and Mullen show as well. So if you want to watch or listen, depending on how you get to listen or watch your shows or subscribe to us that is literally just if, even if we can get say 10 15 people to subscribe just from this episode alone then that'll just be a bit more beneficial but yeah tell your friends about it as well you know we there's not many people that have got likes of steve harmers and chris doby callum Ridds, and we've got mbes coming up on the show we've got newcastle players coming up on the show as well so we're definitely uh ticking a few boxes shall we say but Again, subscribe to the Green and Mullen the Show podcast. And um, yeah, make sure you subscribe to Beer 52. Beer 52 is the only place we can get eight lovely ales for five ninety five. And until then, enjoy the podcast. The Green Mullen Mullen Show! Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Greenwood and Mullen Show. It is episode three. We've had Callum Ridge in episode one and Steve Harmison episode two. So make sure you give them a watch and then also give this a big, big watch. I'm Jonathan Greenman. To the left of me, probably to the right of you on your screen, is Sam Mulner. Sam, how are you today? I'm, I'm good. I'm in good form. The uh, the new instalment of the uh, Bay 52 arrived today, so I'm happy as Larry. And you've got your Sainsbury's top one as well, so you're repping the brand as well. So ben Sherman. And we've got a big special guest as well. We're going back on the darts theme after a couple weeks ago. We had Callum Rids on. Um, so we had to get Chris Doby on as well, didn't we? So, Chris, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. How are you doing? Very, very good. Very good. How's it been in lockdown? Have you been as bored as what me and everybody else have and Sam as well? Um, well, at the start, I was a bit, uh, obviously, not being out the house for a few weeks. Uh, I finally had to get out the house and go on a few walks with the, with the family, you know, and obviously I've been non-stop on the dartboard it's kind of gives the the kick up the backside i needed to get on the practice board a bit more and now i'm enjoying it and ready ready to to rock next week exactly and he's got his newcastle top in the background he's wearing the training top as well he's fully merged <laughs> tonight is chris so if you've got any questions for chris get them in the comments below and sam will use his lovely skills and get them on the screen for you all as well so if you've got any questions about darts or newcastle or just anything in general. You want to ask Chris if he's better than Data Callum Ridds? That might be a that might be a question that you might want to get out straight away. That'll be but... a silly, silly question. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. Yeah. So Chris, obviously, it's been strange for the last few months, and we'll go through the dart side of it, and then we'll go in the football um, straight after. But obviously, with with the dart, it's been 
I was going to use the phrase hit and miss with tournament, but that's obviously not a very good pun at this time. But obviously you played in like an indoor tournament where it was in the house and obviously you got to the second phase. Um, how was that whole experience? Because it must have been so surreal. Yeah, it was It was funny, but um, we, we'd done the testing for it. Uh, I think it was a couple of weeks before it all, all went, went ahead and uh, it worked well. Um, it was a good bunch of lads just having a laugh and carry on, you know, and Obviously, you take it serious when you're playing. But uh, no, it was different circumstances. But um, obviously, you, you play to win. You want to win. And um, I, I played some all right stuff. Uh, some of the games I lost, I played probably the best games I played during the lockdown and still lost. So now I'm I'm, I'm happy with the way I'm performing. My darts are going the right way. And like I said before, just ready to get started next week. Yeah, it's a big, big week for Chris, obviously. The got five mammoth days of darts in Milton Keynes it's like the home of darts now Milton Keynes for the next week or so uh, back to back pro tour events um, Will be- yeah <laughs> just a bit uh, Chris actually Jonathan Young has got a question for which it kind of ties into the whole Milton Keynes and uh, future tournaments what do you think of the new venue for the match play for people that aren't uh, not too sure about the world match play it's normally held at the Winter Gardens in Blackpool which is absolutely amazing it's a fantastic venue for darts but because obviously with the coronavirus, they want everybody kind of locked in at uh, MK Don's football stadium and the hotel area side of it. So what are your initial thoughts? Is it a shame or do you think it's probably the right decision? Yeah, it is. It's both. Obviously, it's a shame because the Winter Gardens is absolutely fantastic. Obviously, the atmosphere there is, is brilliant. Um, but yeah, obviously, it is the right decision to keep it at uh, Milton Keynes. Obviously, the, the hotel is the venue, you know, and it's it, it just kills two birds with one stone, you know, and it's it is the right decision and I'm I'm looking forward to it. hopefully I can get myself into that position and get into the match play. For the people that don't know about Dart Sam, obviously if you're in the top sixteen you qualify and then you've got to be in the best sixteen players money wise from out all the tournaments that you have throughout the year. Now, because of obviously everything to do with coronavirus, Sam these next five days, which Chris is going to be in every tournament next, from next Wednesday to next Sunday, is massive for him. Massive, huge. I mean, I don't know what's going to go on with the, the rest of the year's calendar because, I mean, obviously darts isn't the only sport that this uh, lockdown is completely messed up. Um, there's usually Eurotour events that contribute to your order of merit. There's the Players' Championships, which are the floor tournaments, which is what's going to be happening next week with the five days. Put it this way, if you're in the top 16, you've got it made. But to get into that top 16, one hell of a challenge. But uh, I'm sure Chris will do fine next week and there's, there's no pressure. He can, I'm sure he'll be having an, an extended <laughs> stay in Milton Keynes. Yeah, hopefully, mate, hopefully. Uh, like you said before, you touched on that um, Euro Tour normally take priority and I've qualified for two of the next four Euro Tours, you know, and that was that was a big kick in the teeth to me. Uh, obviously, the money-wise, it's, it's a lot bigger jump on the Euro Tours than it is in the Pro Tours. Uh, it's twenty-five grand for each winner of each Euro Tour event, and uh, so that that was a big letdown for me. But like I say, I'm I'm ready for next week, and hopefully, I can uh, get a get a win under my belt. Like you say, Chris, you're still in the top twenty. So even if you to say have a fantastic five couple of days and say maybe you even win one even two of the four tournaments which I know is a very difficult even for just any like professional darts player but if you could have a really good five days you might not even have to worry because you could be in the top 16 like you're not a million miles away from Glenn Durant who 
ironically lives up in the borough, which we'll talk about. Might talk about Middlesbrough actually a little bit later. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Obviously, um, I, I'm put myself in a good position. I'm I'm quite away on the rankings uh, on the old I'm merit way, but uh, now, like you said, if I have one or two good runs, you know, in, in the five days, then I'm laughing and. Like I say, I'm 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 playing well. I'm I'm confident in my my own game, and I'm just looking forward to get getting back up and running. Yeah, it's I think it's just about who whoever can kind of start quickly on that Wednesday when you return, and if you can say win your first couple of games, kind of get into the whole tournament. It should be really really good. Uh, yeah. Jordy says, evening guys, Chris, what is it like to play dart at the Metro Radio Arena in front of a home crowd? If you haven't seen the interview that me and Chris did. In January, I would fully recommend it. But for Chris, for people that didn't might not have seen it, what was it like? Oh, it was absolutely unreal. Uh, the best atmosphere I've played in. I've I've played in so many different kind of atmospheres. Uh, I've played in Euro tours in Germany where I've been slated, booed, you know, <laughs> against the Germans. I've played against Fallon Sherrick at the World Championships where I was booed and whistled, you know. And and it's just nice. It's a nice feeling to play in front of everybody. That's. Uh, obviously on your side and obviously that it meant a lot to me that uh, the hair stood up on the back of my neck or my arms uh, all over the the fans singing he's one of he's one of our own you know it's, it's just an unreal feeling and hopefully I'll get another chance like that because obviously I was due to play in the Premier League again and I don't know what's 100% what's happening with that yet so fingers crossed yeah, the Premier League, Sam, is the creme de la creme. And obviously, Chris is getting this chance. Last, You had the chance last year. I think it was the challenges or the contenders. And then it was mm. the, the other way, yeah. the other way around this, the other yeah. way around this, the other way around this year. Um, it must be one hell of a feeling, as, as Chris has mentioned, Sam. But if he can perform against these top players, he was meant to take on Daryl Gurney, <coughs> who was no, no mug, then he'll not be a million miles away from it in the next, say, year, two years max. No. Yeah, it's it's a great initiative. This contenders thing. I mean, thank God for Gary Anderson inj- being injured or whatever happened to him. But um, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was great because it allowed it, it's a kind of allowed play people like Chris to sample a proper Premier League night atmosphere, and even guys like Stephen Bunting who got rushed into the Premier League it gives him like a second bite of the cherry when he was back in there because he's a quality player as well. Um, it was a great initiative and last I heard weren't they on about holding it or kind of restarting the Premier League kind of back end of September or into October something like that or has that changed well I haven't been told anything about the Premier League when it's restarting again but uh, I think Newcastle was one of the ones that got moved I think to the October time so I'm um, like I say I think that's after judgment night or after some kind of night which relegates uh, but when we do playing Daryl Gurney, I don't know if I'll have to play elsewhere or whether they reschedule it. And yeah, I don't, I don't know what's happening. I'll just have to wait and see. But the thing is, though, Chris, now, like I know, obviously you'd have the added advantage if it was in Newcastle. But you, people will probably know you more now. So if you went to Leeds or Sheffield or Manchester or wherever in the country. More people are going to know your name. Maybe anyway. it's not. Maybe it's not Sunderland, though. But... <laughs> I don't think they've got. I don't think. I don't think they've got a place big enough for it. To be honest with you, man, I don't think you have to worry about that. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, if you had to play somewhere else, you, it, you, you get a play in front of millions of people. You're not going to. You're yeah, not going well, to turn that down. No, definitely not. Uh, obviously, it's what I love doing: playing darts, you know, and playing in front of a great crowd, whether they're on my back, whether they're on my side, you know. It's, 
it's it's great. I thrive off uh, I thrive off the atmosphere, and it's only going to get better for me. Yeah, Sam. I think you know. I, I was just looking at obviously the one game that I watched. Chris was the one against Joe Cullen in um in Dorbit, and I think it was it was at six, it was six five, wasn't it? And you or, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was six five, wasn't it? And you just think, yeah. like you, you couldn't have literally thrown any better. But Sam, mm. that that's the sort of standard you have to play against against these these top top players. It's crazy now the standard to like to get into that top sixteen. As I mentioned before, you you've got to be consistent on so many weekends and qualify for so many different things all over the all over Europe. Have a bit of luck here and there, and sometimes a hundred and ten average isn't good enough. But other times on the next board down and eighty five is good enough. So it, it's 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 stupid. I've, I've, I've got a couple of friends on the tour, so I go and watch the floor tournaments every now and again. It's crazy. It, it, it's basically you're all in. For people that don't know, you're all in one big room, boards around the perimeter of of, of the room, and um, sheer silence. It's not the big raucous atmosphere that you see from the PDC on the telly. So you're not even allowed to celebrate unless you uh, you get a slap on the wrist and a speaking to yeah. from uh, the DRA. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it, it, it's it's incredible just how much of a slog it is. It's a full time job now, PDC darts. It's, it, but as I say, once you get into that top sixteen, you're in the promised land and you've got it made. What's it been like, Chris, from like in the terms of a practice from now till obviously you've been given that confirmed date now of the next five days and potentially for the match players where you've been given a confirmed date. Has it been stepped up? even more now that you, you know those dates? Uh, it has, in a way, but I've, I've had the last day, day or so off. Um, the first time I threw a dart tonight for for a while, and obviously I, I don't want to play too much leading up to Milton Keynes, so I just want to get myself in the right frame of mind. And like I said before, I'm, I'm playing well enough, so it's it's just on the day, and hopefully it all clicks in when, when I practice in the morning. So. Yeah, hopefully, I hope I hope you had the day off around about six o'clock last night. <laughs> of course, <laughs> <laughs> five to six. So I've done me two hours. I've done me two hours on the dart board. I'll, uh, I'll just have a couple. i a couple hours there rest after Newcastle playing yesterday. Uh, John yeah. has a John has a question for you, Chris. Chris, who is the next rising star to keep an eye on? Um, I think that could, you could name loads of people there, surely. Yeah, um, I, I would have to say Louis Williams as uh, a young lad, Wales. Um, I think he's a an Everton fan, you know, so it's, uh, it's one of them, you know, it's a shame. <laughs> but uh, no, Louis Williams, he's, he's a great player. I've, uh, I've played in the doubles competition with him a few, uh, say, a month back or so, and he's a great talent. He qualified for the UK Open. And, um, yeah, he's, he's a great player, and I'm, I'm sure you'll see more of him. Do you think he's one of those players that will just you literally you will just see him and you'll not, you'll not stop seeing, like when Van Gerwen had that kind of breakthrough <laughs> tournament? Um, in 2012, when he won the Grand Prix, you've literally everybody now wants to be the next Michael Van Gogh to an extent because he is the, the world number one. Or if you're from Newcastle, of course, you want to be the next Chris Dobie. Yeah, of course. Uh, I think he practices a lot with um, Nathan Aspinall, uh, who obviously he's, he's came on leaps and bounds in the last 12 months or yeah. so. You know, he's absolutely fantastic. And me and Nathan had a bit of rivalry. You know, we're always qualified both the same year at Q School. Um, Unfortunately, he lost his tour card. We both had exactly the same money, the same ranking, you know. And it was just, it was a, just a, a funny rivalry. We always wanted to 
to better each other. He, he was my target. I wanted to beat him. And I think he was the same. And obviously, he dropped off the tour, you know. And it was a shame because we've become so, such good friends. And he got his tour card back. And look at him now, top six in the world, you know. He's in the Premier League. UK Open, former UK Open champion, and oh, he's, he's absolutely quality. So, if Louis practicing with the likes of Nathan day in day out, he's only going to get better. It's it it just it seems good that you kind of like have kept in touch even when he was probably not even on the tour, and you to see him like do so well. He seems like a very much a down to down to earth lad, and you know you, you kind of don't you kind of not not want to like him essentially because he is that working man who's just. You know, he's done his day job, but he just wants to throw darts for a living and he's done really well for himself. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, we became such good friends, so there's no reason why I shouldn't speak to him that he wasn't on the tour, you know. He's, like you say, he's, he just wants to play darts. He's a family man, you know. And he, he was an, I think he was an accountant before he would play darts. And obviously, he's like an a, accountant, mind. Nah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be, be honest, honest. <laughs> if you didn't play darts, I, don't, I didn't think you would work, you know. But, yeah. <laughs> no, he's, he's a great lad and obviously such such a talent and he's only going to get better as well. So I, I still have got him up there in the target. For, that's where I want to be. I don't want him like getting all the headlines, you know. But he's a, he's a great lad. Well, Mickey Townsend's coming on the football. The football question. Uh, the football questions can start whenever they want, but we'll we'll talk about Newcastle very very shortly. He says, "Snog, marry or avoid <laughs> and Saint Maximum." Um, you have to catch him first. You have to catch him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh. You have to look. You have to look at that Bournemouth player yesterday, where he literally. I said on. I said on the um, score on the players. He took Adam Smith to the shopping back by the time Aye. he went and took him around the other end. But he's we're, absolutely. We're, he's meant, he's isn't absolutely he? quality. He, he's the best thing we've had at the club for a long time and it's just so exciting to watch you know even if he has like a bad game I think yeah who was it the played the other day where where he just give Man City against Man City give the ball away so many times you know you can have that one bad game if he's gonna if he's gonna play brilliant the next four or five you know what I mean is absolutely brilliant and he's such an exciting player and hopefully we'll, we'll keep a hold of him I'm trying to think of a dart equivalent of Alan Saint Maximum, but I'm just with the, just with the, like the pace. I'm thinking maybe Vincent Vanderbilt, Ricky, or Agent, or Ricky uh, Evans, oh, rapid, rapid, Ricky, Ricky Evans. Ricky Evans. <laughs> yeah, who, who, who's uh, who's like on out there, maybe like the lifestyle of a darts player? Who's the equivalent of Alan Saint Maximum? Do you think out on the if, uh, in the PD scene? The lifestyle. Maybe the lifestyle of can you? Who could you see wearing a Gucci headband, for example? To be fair, I've not seen anyone in Barnsley Probably. Metrodome with, a, with anything Gucci. Probably Devon, I would say. Devon Peterson. Aye. <laughs> he's got some moves as well. Like any, he, he, he's, oh, he's got the swagger. He's got the swagger. He has class that. I like that. Um, just the final, just the final thing on the darts. Then Chris, before we touch about Newcastle and everything, how everything's been absolutely rosy with Newcastle in the Premier League. Uh, for, in the last few weeks, for sure. Um, obviously, that we know that the match play is the big aim now to get into the match play. But is it just to try and get in as many tournaments as as physically possible? With obviously having that three month break, you're now more eager than ever to say get to the, in a good position for the worlds, potentially get into um, the Grand Prix, etc. Just trying to get into the big, big majors. Yeah, of course. Uh, I was one of the ones that started looking at rankings and looking at all these systems, what I needed to do. And I've, I've stopped doing that now. It, it kind of put us off a little bit, you know, and 
it knocked my game off a little bit. So all I'm doing is, is going to win and playing to win all the time. And yeah, I, I'm up for it. Uh, I'm ready, and I, I think I can. I think I can go for this back end of the year. But uh, I think the Grand Prix I'm already in. I think I'm 16 seed as it stands. So I need to keep my performance up and to keep that seeding. You know, but uh, I think the World Championships, my seeding's pretty much safe. So. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm just looking forward to winning. You know, I've I've always been one that wants to win. I never ever want to lose. You know, but you you have to lose before you learn to win. You know, and that's always been my motto, and I'll I'll live by that. But I'm I'm there to win now. Yeah, for sure. Right, let's talk about Newcastle. That's that's this is the best bit of the of the whole show. Really, you get to talk about how good Alan Simaxon is properly, and you get to talk about how good Miguel Miron's goal was the other day. Um, Sam, before I ask Chris about Newcastle, um, we've touched about obviously Alan Saint Maximum and how well the players have done, but let's give credit to Steve Bruce. You know, obviously the Man City game aside, we'll touch about the FA Cup game a little bit a little bit shortly. But in terms of the actual Premier League restart, you can't really fault him yeah. apart from maybe ten minutes against Aston Villa. Yeah, the only time I would fault him was I think he got the team selection wrong for Aston Villa, which then led on to a, co- a kind of questionable selection for the Man City game. I would have had a similar team for the Villa game as what he put out last night against Bournemouth, with a, with a few rested in there. I, I was surprised to see ASM start um, yesterday, to be honest. Four games in 11 days is probably pushing it a little bit. Again, I'll be amazed if he... Um, plays again on Sunday because you'd think he needs to rest them hamstrings of his because they explode at some time or another the way he plays. But no, Steve Bruce has done fantastically well. I mean, we're closer to third or fourth than we are than the relegation places now. So if you'd have said that at the start of the season, you'd have you'd have called me crazy. <laughs> well, we don't call you that all the time. Don't worry about that, mate. Um, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, Chris, Steve Bruce, you know, as he came in and you spoke about the fact that Rafa Benitez was obviously more of an ideal uh, choice for you, but um, he's done an excellent job, hasn't he? And obviously quarterfinals of the FA <clears throat> Cup, no problem in the Premier League. We've been safe for a little while, you have to, have to say. And now you've got to look for the top half of the Premier League, haven't you? Yeah, of course. So you can't fault his... Uh what he's done for the club. You know, obviously we had the interview back in January where I said we didn't, obviously, being a, from a former Sunderland manager, you know, you, you don't know what, what I expect. But uh, now he's proved a lot of what we're on, and, uh, myself included. And, um, yeah, he's done great. We're not, we're not that far from seven, I think, four points or something off seventh position, you know. And why, why can't we push for Europe, you know? It's, it's one of those one of those things. Especially with the case of Manchester City, if you finish eighth, you could be in the Europa League. So, I think like we, we spoke. I think we spoke a little bit, like obviously with your, your, the Euro tours. If next year we can get those Euro tours back and potentially have Europa League matches, that'll be a, that'll be a good. And if we can get a German team, or I don't know, I don't know if there's somebody from Gibraltar. That's the only thing I can think of the top <laughs> of my head, or Austria, or something like that. Nah. But, um, no, that would be that that would be good for you, Chris. You could just go the day before and then. Obviously, go and play play your darts matches after after watching Newcastle win in Europe. Yeah, it'll be great. Obviously, that's that's another thing that I miss. Obviously, going to all the games where I used to go week in week out, you know. But obviously, darts is is my job, you know, and that comes first, unfortunately. And obviously, when when I'm back home, I'll be always at the match or 
watching the match no, no matter what. Yeah, Rowan's just put a comment before with ASM. We've obviously touched on it briefly about the fact that um, <clears throat> um, rest ASM when we play certainly because we literally have a minuscule chance to get a point where they're currently beating Liverpool 3-0 at the minute. So if Liverpool obviously the champions have done really, really well, Chris, you th- I would probably do I would probably do what Rowan says, rest ASM against like against Man City, just just take on medicine with that one. Yeah, of course. Obviously they're they're the kind of players that we need against the lower lower uh, sides in the league and to get the vital points you you've got to keep rotating the squad, you know. Um you can who's another like a winger, you know, that you can use for him that that's the thing, you know. Obviously Richie Richie had a great game in his first game back against Sheffield United. He was fantastic, and obviously, can you can you use him instead of it? Is he going to bring what Alan St. Maximum brings? You know, but like I say, against the bigger teams, that obviously that could hammer you. You know, <laughs> you've got to, you've got to think of things like that. You're right. Yeah, for sure. What did you What did you make, Chris? Of um, obviously we'll, we'll, of, the, of the Bournemouth game yesterday. Actually, two seconds. We'll get Andrew's question first for you, Chris. What's the best Newcastle match you've been to? Uh, oh, best. I've been to so many. Um, I think obviously the the Sunderland one there, uh, five one when when there uh, were absolutely That obviously I, I've been to so many Sunderland games. I went to the one where Emery scored the the free kick, but beating them five one, you know, it, it doesn't get much better than that. Like. Yeah, I think obviously, I think a lot of people will say will say that game just with everything that was going on that day. Yeah, it's it's ironic. I think Steve Bruce was the manager of the, of the other team <laughs> that day, and you just think that was ten years ago, and you think, wow, well, if someone said that to me ten uh, on, on that day, I don't think I would have believed them. To be brutally honest <laughs> with you, um, like so, Sam, let's talk about the game against Bournemouth yesterday because. I thought it was a really, really good performance, a really good professional performance. Yeah. I know Bournemouth haven't been great, but the, the, that's a sort of performance you want after an FA Cup disappointment. But from first minute to, first minute to last, Sam, it was just brilliant to watch on the eye. It was. It was probably the most entertaining performance we've had this season because we started on the front foot and we never let our foot off the gas up until about 30 seconds left when we let... Dan Gosling slipping from a set piece, which if you remember, Johnny, didn't I put in the group chat about 20 minutes in, if we're going to concede today, it's going to come from a set piece. I so, forgot about that. You know, yeah, <laughs> I haven't. But, uh, yeah, no, it was fantastic. There were so many positives to take from that. I mean, don't get me wrong, Bournemouth were poor. Bournemouth were really poor. But there were so many, so many positives. Dwight Gale bouncing back after that shocking miss against Man City. Sean Longstaff in the number 10 role there. He had a blinder. It was such a yeah. shame he had to go off. Such a shame. Um, ASM was ASM. Hat-trick of assists. Unreal. Um, Miggy's finish. Lazaro getting on the score sheet. Um, Bentaleb looked half decent. It was, it, was just, it was just the perfect game. It was, wasn't it? And Chris, let's talk about the first goal from Dwight Gale. Obviously, that Man City chance he had. 25 minutes from the end, if he made ah. it 1-1, who would, who, you, you never know, it's the FA Cup, I suppose, that, with that famous quote, but at least he took his first chance well yesterday, and, and it might give him a little bit of confidence, because in the Premier League, he scored two from three, so yeah. he, he's not playing that bad. No, he, he's a goal scorer, you know, he, ha- he has proved that, whether it's the Premiership or the Championship, you know, but when you get chances like he missed the other day, you think, oh, how how come we play him? But he proved everybody wrong again. He took his goal well. Uh, obviously, it was a, l- a little mistake from uh, I think it was Lerma and 
obviously he nipped in and he took his finish well. It was a great finish. It was great work by Sean Longstaff and Sam touched on it brilliantly about the fact that he played really well. He's obviously been getting criticism as well. But I do I do agree with Sam that he, he's better as a number 10 and going forwards. How did you assess his performance yesterday? Yeah, I, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. He, he never gave up, you know. He was chasing the ball from the minute go, you know. And he took his finish. He was absolutely fantastic with his weak foot, you know. And it, it's great to see him back playing. Obviously, he went off with an injury minutes later. And it was it was good to see because I think he was up for it. And he, he had just found his foot again, back, getting back into the team after his injury that he had the last time, you know. And it, it's just not nice to see him go off the way he did. Yeah, it was a great finish. And obviously, we've touched about how ASM was brilliant and the fact that that was his second assist of the night and he had one in the second half. But when Sean came off, obviously, Miguel Almiron came on and Mickey as well was just insane, Sam. And, you know, you look, oh, oh, well, Liverpool just scored there, but they haven't. Um, but Almiron, when he came, when, Al, when Almiron came on, Sam, it was exactly the same. There was, you look at Longstaff and Almiron, they were both just as important going forward. Yeah, it was, a, it was a big positive as well because Miggy hadn't hasn't restarted very well up until then, but um, it was it was a really well taken goal. It was it was a tidy little finish, but um, he looked a lot sharper, looked brighter. You can't help but um, smile when you see him smile. He's so infectious. But um, it, it was great. There was the whole game yesterday was just brilliant, and it, we roll on now to West Ham on Sunday, who looked pretty decent against Chelsea last night. Yeah, it was. It we don't. I, I'm West Ham for me. I think it's a it's a game that we can win, Chris. And obviously, when you look at the, the goal that Miggy scored, he's going to be in so much confidence, uh, bring so much confidence to the table on on Sunday as well. It was right footed, just in just outside the box or just in the box, maybe. It was a lovely finish, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great. Obviously, he's a great player, and obviously, when he when he went through that drought where he wasn't scoring, you know, I was in the, he was still getting getting on that team sheet, you know, you, you've got to get a lot of chance. I said, I said to a lot of people, once he gets one goal, he, he's going to get him more goals, you know, and it was guaranteed because he's that type of player once he gets a bit of confidence, you know, and it was, it was a great, a great finish. I think uh, his right foot, his, his right foot, his weakest foot as well there. Uh, I think it was a, it was a nice mm. little dink, dink into the top corner as well. So he took it well and obviously he was delighted with it, yeah. So it is great to see that all the lads playing well, digging in for the, another great performance. Yeah, for sure. There's another question coming for you, Chris. Has any past or current players ever praised you for your performance, performances in darts? I would probably say one performance that you've, you've mentioned was the game against Fallon Sheriff. But obviously, I think people kind of gave you praise because you had a lot of the crowd against you. But has there been any other performances where you've had, I don't know, ex-pros come up to you and said, you know what, you've played some good darts there? Um, I, th- I can't remember... Anybody like giving us praise, like obviously face to face, but there's so many pros like the likes of Phil Taylor and stuff like that. Obviously, they've said sang their praises about us that they will keep on telling everybody that I was a want to watch in the future, you know. And just looking looking back at that, uh, the, those interviews, it's it's great to see and where I've came in such a short time. So yeah, it's it's just great to. Great to hear some legends of the game doing that. It, I'll, I'll have to ask you this, Chris, because when I was I was watching one of the PDC uh, videos, <clears> they were talking about the best five players of all time, and some people, I think it was Wayne Mardle, and I think it was another another, um, I think it might have been Rod Studd, who I know was recovering from a stroke, so obviously we wish him all the best. But um, he they put Phil Taylor as the second best player in darts. 
surely, I know Michael Van Gogh's done exceptionally well. Yeah. I know he's won a lot of tournaments and his average is probably maybe better. But surely Phil Taylor's the best player we've ever seen for a dart. And, and that's just my opinion. I don't know what I don't know what yeah. you and Sam think, but what would you say, Chris, on that? Um in 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 different interviews I've I've said obviously the standard nowadays is ridiculous, you know, and, and Michael's been number one for a long time in this kind of format, you know, and this with the standard of these players. So I think he he's up there, but going off what Phil's won and what he done, he dominated that era when he, when he was playing. And he wasn't just doing it with 80, 90 averages. He was consistently throwing 110, 105. So you've got to give him credit. Whether the players, the standard wasn't wasn't as good as what it is now, he was still averaging well over 100. So I, I would have to put Phil Taylor out there. Where do you come in this debate, Sam? Because I, I, I agree with Chris. I think Phil, for me, Phil Taylor has to be. But is there any argument that Van Gogh should be above him? Uh, not for me. A peak Taylor beats a peak Van Gerwen before they even step onto the hockey. Why do you say that? Phil's, he's, he just knows every trick in the book, Phil. There's, there's an aura about him that... I, I mean, he's he's had Van Gerwen in tears before on the stage, so I just Phil's just the greatest of all time. I just No one could touch him back in the day, obviously, as Chris said, the standard isn't what it is now, but Who's to say that Phil couldn't have raised his standard even higher were he not 20 years younger? I mean, we'll never know. But no, Taylor's number one for me. Van Gerwen second. And then your likes of uh, Bristow, Priestley, Lowe. Dobie. Barnabas. <laughs> yeah. Getting there. Dobie. Not yet. Getting there. <laughs> <laughs> you got to try and pick him up, Chris. He's one of, the, he's one of our guests, man. <laughs> No, it's, it's, it's a fascinating debate. Um, so, yeah, if, you, if you've got your comments, I think John put something before saying, uh, or I think it was Michael, somebody like that said it was uh, Phil Taylor's the best player they've ever seen. So I agree. We all agree that, which is good to see. Uh, going back on the Bournemouth game, Valentino Lazaro hasn't been given many opportunities. I would like to see him start against Bournemouth yesterday. Um, he scored a fantastic little dink uh, after getting played from, from Shelby. Another player that I'd have liked to see play against Man City uh, with Shelby. I don't understand yeah. why he was rested for that game, but... Chris, a quality finish and some fantastic play going forward. Yeah, I think he's brought quite a lot. Obviously, he hasn't gotten as much game time as I would like to say, but uh, he's he's got the talent, and I th- I'm hoping that we snap him up into a permanent deal because I think I think he's can create a lot more. Obviously, when he said he uh, Alan St Maximum needs a bit rest, you know, he's one of those players that he can fill in and give him his chance. Yeah, Chris, do you that's Chris, sorry, Sam, do you agree that we should go for Valentino Lazaro? Because it's rumoured that twenty million pounds is the fee. Now I know we've got one we'll probably discuss the takeover with Chris a little bit later, but does it depend on a takeover whether Newcastle go for him? Possibly, but if he's twenty million and you look we got set maximum for seventeen. Joe Linton for forty. Exactly. Um, <laughs> all right, okay, well you've Although someone put on the fan reaction last night that can we just tell ourselves now that we got Joe Linton for 17 and ASM for 14 and then that kind of <laughs> but um, I don't know about Lazaro I, want, I wanted to see more of him the, the team I put I kind of do the lineup that I would do on our old Facebook private group I would have had Lazaro starting the past two or three games to be honest and especially against yeah. Man City That's... I wanted to blast the pace 
And yeah. I would have had ASM on top instead of um, Andy Carroll, and I'd have had Lazaro on the left, uh, on the right, sorry, and Almiron on the left to kind of completely blast Otamendi and um, Laporte with pace. But you know, I'm not Newcastle manager yet. But um, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll let it get done. Exactly. Exactly. I've <laughs> already tried to add him at the table on LinkedIn, but he hasn't accepted me yet. Okay, so uh, the Saudis have been watching and going, you know, that's Sam Mulner, yeah, yeah, and from Newcastle Farms TV, yeah, yeah, we need to get him in. We need to get him in over Bruce. <laughs> Correct. No, to be fair, you would... Advisory you would role. You would definitely do that job in a heartbeat, wouldn't you? That would be like your dream job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where do I start? I do it for free. <laughs> for yeah, free. For free. But no, we need to see, we need to see more from Lazaro. Yeah, I think he hasn't really been given a proper fair crack at the whip because at the start he was played at a right wing back or right back, which he started off okay, but looked horrendous in the second part at Arsenal, which I was unfortunate enough to to be there um, in the four. Cheers! Last. I got you that ticket. Remember? I know you did, mate. But. <laughs> my word what a day there's so uh, many there's way. so many players we, we get in on loan and you just don't give them a chance you know remember Giuseppe Rossi he, he was meant to be the best thing yes, he, he, he was absolutely fantastic look what he, he's done the last couple of years you know and <laughs> he, he was one of the ones where you got him in on loan you think oh we've got a great player and they never played him much you know it was just a big big waste of a, a loan yeah but we've also yeah, had players like Doobie Oh God, not Dumbia. But you go back even before um, <laughs> before then, and we had Louis Sahar on loan mm, back yeah. in yeah. the back in the late nineties, yeah. didn't we? And he, I think he scored once in an FA Cup replay, and and that was that. It was, yeah, yeah. We get so much talent in, and just don't give them a fair crack at the whip, and they go exactly. on to, to get better things. They do brilliant it's, things. It's, yeah, for sure. It's one. It's just one of those things of Lazaro. Hopefully, he gets more chances. I would start him against West Ham, and let's see if he can improve on what he's yeah. done so far. I tell you what, Chris. You, I know you're fantastic at darts, and but even if you're not great at football, you would have definitely scored what Isaac Hayden had yesterday: four yards out ah. or five yards out. I'm not left footed, but I still think even with my left foot, I would have put that in the in the do net. You know, do you know what? I, I've not seen that. I, I went out the room and I missed that. I've not seen that yet. So that's that's something <laughs> yeah, I need to catch yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> I know Callum's got a bad angle, but he would have scored that as well. <laughs> was it worse bit... than Gales? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. You it? literally you had uh, like a 95% open net. Ake put a, the tiniest bit of pressure on him, but I think even Ake kind of thought he was going to score, but then he went into the Bournemouth beaches with everybody where, where they've been <laughs> in the last few days. Um, there's, there's, a, there's another question for you, Chris. Uh, do you feel pressure from uh, being from Newcastle, uh, from the Newcastle area, with people wanting you to do well, representing you as a Geordie, or do you feel it's like a burden or a privilege to be a role model, uh, for obviously for people growing up to be professional <laughs> darts players? No, I don't, I don't feel any pressure at all. Obviously, I'm just a, a local lad doing what I love. Um, so it's, it's great to have the backing. Obviously, I've said before, I thrive off that backing of the fans and it's it's what brings us on more. So hopefully I get more and more support and we can go even further. Yeah, I think that's what you've got to take. It's just the positivity, isn't it? And if you take that going forward, then you never know where you're going to end up. Um, after Isaac Hayden's obviously missed Newcastle, I think obviously with Lazaro hit the crossbar for Hayden to miss, but... Newcastle so comfortable. Um, Sam, performance of the season? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it has to be. I mean, it, it's not a very long list performance-wise. I mean, we've been lucky and fantastic 1-0 wins this season. Spurs, Man United, Chelsea. So, but if you remember, that Chelsea game was absolutely horrific. But, um, yeah, 4-1 away from home. I don't care who it is in the Premier League. That's, um, that's bloody good in my book. You can't, can't say fairer than that. But, uh, yeah, that, it was just an absolute... Drubbing. I mean, it, it was a shame to concede the goal, to be honest, because 4-0 was just absolutely perfect. But um, these things happen. Trust uh, a former Newcastle player to get their consolation. Yeah. Has somebody uh, got the cooker on? Because I can hear, like, buttons. No, it's pressing... the, the washing machine, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to still my head in. This is this is this is the sort Very of interviews. Oh, I was going to say Newcastle shirt in the background. Um, oh, one of the sword. <laughs> there we go. He's just done his colours. It's all sorted. We're fine. It's got his all his, all his Newcastle tops <laughs> in the background. Dear me, dear me. Now, to be fair, at least, at least we all know what it is now. So everyone can laugh in the comments. There you go. Um, Doing my head in. <laughs> right, we'll have we we'll have to talk about that Man City FA Cup performance, Chris, because obviously that was someone's house is on fire. Check your batteries on those detectors. Yeah, impossible. That could have been that could have been the case beforehand. Um. Chris, I have to talk about the FA Cup because we we were talking about, the, I asked you, would you rather win the World Championship or Senior Castle win the FA Cup? And I know you went with the dart, which is completely understandable, but were you really disappointed with the way that we went out? As I've seen, Man City have just made it 4-0, but um, it, it, look, it, I know it's Man City and it was always going to be a slim chance, but you would have liked us to have like, believed in ourselves a little bit more to take on the likes of Man City. Yeah, of course. Obviously, you get into the quarter final, you haven't had that kind of cup run for, for so long, you know. And it, obviously, it was a shame. Obviously, no fans. Obviously, if, if we were getting to Wembley, you know, and we couldn't get there, we'd be <laughs> devastated. But no, it, it was just it was just a shame. The team he put out, I think he got it all wrong, you know. You, you should go to win the match. He dropped a few players and, like you say, pl- played Carroll. I, I don't think I would have started Wandy Carroll up front. And I just think he got it wrong. And, he didn't give a much uh, chance. Who would you have started up front? Because Sam was telling me that he would have rather had ASM up front and use the pace in the in the uh, scoring the players on Sunday. Would you have gone with something similar, or would you have started Joe Linton? No, nah, I, I would have. I would have stuck with Joe Linton. To be fair, obviously, I know I know he's changed his position and he started putting him on the on the wing, and I think he's done all right there. To be fair, but uh, he's played so much football. I know he hasn't brought one much, but. He got a goal against Sheffield United, and um, he he was full of confidence. So I, I don't know why he can uh, just drop him and put Andy Carroll up in one of the biggest games of the season. You know, you've got to get someone with confidence. And like I yeah. said, I, I just think he got it wrong, but he bounced back with a re- result last night. It was a fantastic result. Uh, there's a question from Andrew. We'll talk about the takeover now, Chris. Um, once the takeover is announced, who would you want as the manager going forward? I think first things first, Chris, do you think this takeover is going through? Because obviously you hear a lot of reports <sighs> saying it's days away and it seems like it's been days away for days away for two months. So um, the Premier League have said on Tuesday that the, an announcement's going to be shortly. It's going yeah. to be announced shortly either way. Um, what do you think? Do you think, do you think Newcastle I are going to get taken over? I've seen a little interview uh, the other day with the, the Premier League, uh, some, something to do with the Premier League, but I didn't take much notice. So... I'm I'm hoping it's still gonna go ahead. I I was thinking it's gonna go ahead once we're guaranteed the safety, you know, and well I think we're pretty much safe now and 
obviously, why can't it take over be in the next week or so, you know? Obviously, you don't want to take over a team what's going to be in the championship, but I think we're guaranteed safety now. Uh, so hopefully everything goes goes to plan. Do you think Steeper should be given that chance, Sam? Because, you know, if, if, if a takeover does come through, obviously there's, always, there's been links with Rafa, there's been links with Pochettino, but... Do you think Steve Bruce should be given at least a season with a little bit of money, maybe well, and maybe the chance to bring in his own players and maybe a better caliber of players, and see can he improve on the maybe say somewhere between tenth and fourteenth place finish? Yeah, I mean historically, if you look at takeovers of old, then the manager tends to get a chance, one transfer window, and a bit of a crack of the whip, and in the moment things start to go a tiny bit wrong, then he gets the chop, i.e. Ranieri at Chelsea and, you know, Mark Hughes had a stint at Man City, didn't he, in um, mm. QPR, which was a disaster. But mm. I, he will be given a chance. Well, he's, he's done a cracking job under difficult circumstances this year. As I said before, we're closer to Europe than we are relegation. So that's we'll take that. If you look where we were this time last year, Rafa had literally just left and we were in such a mess from top to bottom. So yeah. he's going to be given a fair crack of the whip. I mean, this takeover needs speeding up because if you think it was the start of lockdown when we first heard about it, my missus was eight months pregnant. I've now got a one-month-old daughter. <laughs> it's been going on forever. So, I mean, she'll be going to school before uh, the takeover is complete. <laughs> if it carries on the way it's going. I, mean, I, I, I bought in <laughs> cans. Out of this lockdown, ready for takeover night, they're all gone. I've had to, I've had to subscribe to our wonderful sponsor, Beer52.com, to uh, keep my tan- cans topped up. Yeah, big thanks to Beer52. We obviously you can get a fr- well. All you got to do is pay for the postage. I think it's about five pounds ninety-five, where you'll get free eight free cans. So eight free cans of beer. I don't know if uh, Chris is drinking beer or Tizer, whatever it is in these can there. Oh, Caught the call, I'm in. Oh, cool, okay. <laughs> Other drinks are I, sh- I should be on the diet, <laughs> <laughs> uh, We've also got Amazon, who obviously got four free live Premier League games from now at the end of the season. They've already had one, but they've also got Watford versus Newcastle on the 11th of July. So make sure you get Amazon and you get to see Watford versus Newcastle for free. It's absolutely brilliant. And they've also got free retro as well. Chris has obviously got the, the latest tops, but if you want a bit of an old classic, like a 95, 96 top, free retro is the place to get that as well. Um, but yeah, we've, oh, let's have a look. Kevin has just put there. I would stay with Bruce. I think a lot of people are happy with Bruce. Um, Jordy says I would stick with Bruce temporarily. Yeah. Um, one question I would like to ask you, Chris: Do you think pundits or people have got to stop comparing Bruce and Rafa because Rafa's been gone over a year? It's unlikely that he's yeah. ever going to come back. Do you think just like let it happen? Rafa did a good job back in, yeah. back in the last few years. Just let Steve Bruce just get on with it while we're playing. Yeah, well. exactly. Yeah, obviously. Like we touched on it before, um, I was one that didn't fancy Bruce. You know, Rafa done wonders at Newcastle, but um, Bruce is there. You've got to give him a chance, and he's done fantastic. I would definitely give him at least to the end of the season. Obviously, I, I wouldn't mind him in the start at the start of next season. But if the takeover does go uh, go through, is he going to attract the big name players? You know, if we get took over, I don't think he is. So, I would like to see. Someone like Pochettino, you know, I think he is a brilliant manager and I think he'll attract the top talent. Obviously, Rafa, Rafa will as well, but I think obviously he left, he left and obviously a lot, a lot of people don't like that kind of situation. So I think 
young blood, fresh blood, uh, Pochettino for me. And fingers crossed he can attract some of the big names. Yeah, I wouldn't mind a Champions League final and uh, Premier League top four finishes with Pochettino. <laughs> if he can just get a trophy on the end of that, that'll be, that'll be fantastic. Um, let's, we'll finish off with the last couple of questions. Um, player of the season is something that people have been talking about recently. I think, obviously, Martin Dubravka, I think he's been the, the main consistent player. But I think, Chris, I think I'd like to ask first, who's your best like, player of the season like outfield-wise? Because I think there's quite a few candidates. There is a few candidates. I think Hayden was one of them. Hayden was very strong in the start of the season. I think he was one of our best players. But um, Dubravka, you touched on it. You, you can't look past Dubravka because I think he's got the best goalkeeping stats out of everybody in the Premier League this season. The most shots stopped. And he's just done brilliant. If it wasn't for him, we would get bashed every other game, you know. And obviously, we've always had great goalkeepers look at Shea given. We used to get beat five oh. and six, five nil, six ones off Man United and everybody, and he would be man of the match, you know. So it's it's one of them you got to look at. I think I think uh, it would be between Hayden and Dubravka for myself, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, Sam, Hayden or Dubravka or somebody else? Uh, ASM. I think if you look at our win record when he's not yeah, in the team, it's pretty, pretty alarming. So. We've said before on the last, after the last few games in the post-match videos, he's been our only like tenable outlet. Mm. Are we too over reliant on perhaps? So um, him and um, Miggy Almiron always puts in a shift. He doesn't always mm. have the best game. Always puts in a shift. I put um, uh, it was a couple of, uh, a week or two ago now. I put um, some stats on our Twitter feed at Newcastle Fans TV about his um the distance he covers during a game it's absolutely unreal so he puts in a shift but um outfield player I, I, it's difficult to get away from asm but i, yeah. I do agree hayden as well has been superb and absolute anchor in the midfield i'm going to throw a name for you federico fernandez yeah he's, he's he's been pretty good he's been obviously he he hasn't played as much as what what he should have played but obviously did he have that injury um, yeah, he, did, he was yeah. out for a while. So the the back four, it hasn't really. We haven't had that solid back four where we've had the same kind of four players. You know, it's been chop and change most of the season. So you you can't really like say um, like a guaranteed defender. Out. Yeah, I've just seen that seven percent win rate without ASN mm. uh, in the team. If you can get, if you can, if someone can try and name the game <laughs> that ASN didn't play. Newcastle won. Put it in the comments. Why not? Uh, John, uh, what, what do you think about John Joe Shelby's season? That was one of the uh, questions there, Chris. Um, consistent enough, but um, do you think that he needed Rafa to go to kind of being given more of a chance and maybe he needed someone like a Steve Bruce with a bit, bit of an arm around the shoulder and maybe allowed to express himself on the football pitch a little bit more? Yeah, I agree with that. Obviously, Rafa didn't, I didn't think he liked them. I think he must have fallen out with them, you know. He's, he he brings a lot to the team. He can ping a ball from from miles, you know, and he's absolutely fantastic. He, obviously, the goals he scored, the win against Man City, um, he just he just brings something different to the midfield. He can score goals, he can pass for fun, and and he, he's like that le- kind of leader you need in the team. So it's it's nice to see him getting a chance again. So. I'm just trying to think about that seven percent stat. I'm, I think the only one I can think of the top of my head is I'm thinking Crystal Palace at um, at home. I was thinking. 
That's the only one I can think of the top of my head, but yeah. I'm sure Rob or Lee or Paul who's watching it might put uh, might put it on, or somebody in the comments might say it was that that team. That would be my guess anyway. Um, no, it's 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 one of those things though, isn't it? Really, because we talk about so many players that could have been candidates for player of the season. That just shows the, the depth that we have, and you know, maybe sometimes the football hasn't been the prettiest, but Sam, it, it doesn't really matter as long as it, as long as it's a team effort and a team ethic. Is there there in full force? Yeah, the team, the team work rate. It's one thing I absolutely love, and it's why Matt Ritchie is one of my favourite players. Is, is work rate. I love work rate players working hard. Then there's, I think, hard work beats talent pretty much every time. Um, it has been a season where we've had to scrap and fight and battle for every single point. How many times have we nicked it late on or? kept ourselves in a game because of Dubravka playing a blinder. Um, Shelby as well, just to go back on him, I think, I don't, I mean, touch wood, but gone are the days where he kind of just drifts in and out of games and floats along. Yeah. He's working hard. He is working hard. Even the other the other day where it wasn't really happening for him against Villa, he was still tearing around that midfield, you know, at least showing a willing, which he wouldn't have always done in previous years. So it's it's a great team ethic that obviously Rafa built, but um, Steve Bruce hasn't destroyed it. So it's it's hopefully it can be the start of a of an evolution of the team, a few new faces in next season, so we can kind of build on what we've got. Hopefully with new ownership. Yeah. What if if the takeover happens, Chris? What can are you having? What's that, Tony? What can will you be having on takeover night? We'll see the hashtag what? cans. What cans will you be having? Um. Nah, I, I'm not a big drinker, so I'll, I'll probably go to a diet. <laughs> diet Coke. Get the Diet Coke on as well. Uh, yeah, there we go. No, I, I think to be fair, if, if it is, it'll be one hell of a night. If if, if obviously lockdown providing, you can go out and maybe celebrate in distance. Obviously, the pubs reopen on Saturday, so yeah, you could, that wouldn't be a bad day to announce it, Sam, would it? No. Um... I mean, if you believe our previous guest, Steve Harmison, he had a conspiracy theory that they were waiting for lockdown to end before they um, <laughs> announced this takeover. So as you wouldn't have 200,000 people ascend on St. James's Park. But so you never you never know. I mean, I just hope it happens. I mean, when it happens, there's no real rushing on it, is there? Because, you know, you can't buy anyone at the moment. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Yeah, um, so just as long as this happens, <laughs> then you know that's the most important thing. It's getting rid of Ashley. Yeah, that's so all. That's that's the big thing. But um, long yeah. overdue, long overdue. There you Too go. That's, that's 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 the perfect way to end it, Chris. We'll t- we'll obviously, we'll not have like oh, there it is. We beat pa- Pals out ASM and Line. There you go, Mystic Meg or Mystic Johnny Greenwood. There you go. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take that. Yeah, if you can give this video a big like, that'll be very much appreciated. You can follow Chris on his uh, all his socials, and um, he's, he's got a really good Twitter account. Um, he's got a lot of people following on Facebook because I know he's had in, in the radio show they're all asking him about pub games that he played uh, that he played against just after just after Christmas. So he's 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 very well known on Facebook as well. So if you want to give Chris a follow, that would be appreciated for him. And if you can also give Newcastle fans TV a subscribe on this NFT, the extra channel and on the main channel, that would also be greatly appreciated. Uh, Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure. An hour has just flown by. Uh, it's been and a pleasure, it's, always. Yeah, we'll try and get you back on maybe at the end of the season, just like as a roundup and. Let's see, hopefully that you've got... Once we uh, get into Europe. 
<laughs> exactly. Get, get into yeah. Europe. Get into Europe. You've got into the you get into the match play and you do well in the match play. I think that, that would be yeah. perfect for the next few months, wouldn't it? Perfect ending, of course. Definitely. So. Sam, thank you very Sam, thank Cheers, you very much mate. for your uh, your involvement as well. Yeah, cracking. Thoroughly enjoyed that. I mean, you can try and brown nose Chris all you like to get your tickets, but it's just not happening. <laughs> you never know. We'll have to get a few more. Get, get a few what, when they get cokes. when the fa- when the fans are allowed in. <laughs> yeah, well, just get a few diet cokes, Sam. We'll be fine after that. <laughs> no, again, that again, a big thanks to Chris, and again, we'll try and get somebody on for episode four of the Greenwood and Mourner show. But for now, thank you very much indeed. <laughs>